0: Good afternoon, and welcome to Vintage Orange here on KUCI 88.9 FM. I am Ellen Bell. And welcome this afternoon. Uh, As you can already tell from my musical introduction, um, Duke Ellington taking the A train. Uh, Things are a little bit different here, and I felt that this being the 75th anniversary of the attack on Pearl Harbor, that today I could not talk about anything else than the effects of this major American uh, event after all, we are a history show talking about Orange County, and so I really truly believe that um, not only was Pearl Harbor and certainly the subsequent World War II period, um, ha- did it have a major effect on our country as a whole, but I would say that there probably are very few events and periods of time that had a more transformative effect on Orange County. And uh, to to tell you a little bit about this, I think it's important to go back and and give you a little bit of sense about what life was like here in Orange County um, leading up to World War II. Um, what Orange County was like in 1940 1941 was an extremely different place than what it was after the war and some things happened during that time that I think really set the county on kind of a different trajectory and um, majorly affected the place that we live today so let's go back in time a little bit back to uh, the 1940s 1940 in general like I said Orange County was a very very different place Uh, it and what is now home to about 3 million people. Um, this was farmland. It was agriculture was the name of the game and it would have felt to you like it was an open space undeveloped place. Um, it was a place full of, of farms. I mean, many of them were large operations, like you had the Irvine Ranch, obviously, but, you know, they were run by smaller tenant farmers and independent farmers and, and small towns. There were no big freeways, there were no universities, uh, no, certainly no spectrum corporate offices, uh, no shopping malls. This was really um, a, a quiet, sleepy place. In other words, it was, you know, a, a simple place where you could lead a simple life. And in 1940, they did a, a, a census, and there were about 130,000 actually 130,760 people to be exact, uh, that were living here in 1940. And in 1941, before Pearl Harbor, um, Orange County was still really feeling the effects of the Great Depression. Uh, There was no major uh, industry here, so it took a little longer for that recovery to be taking place. So one out of eight people here were unemployed at the time. And, you know, as people would do in in a farm-based society, they were making do in these hard times. Um, but many could, you know, raise a few chickens or grow a few fruit trees on their property to supplement their income, and and you know they were making do. Uh, there were the federal assistance programs like the WVA, which had done. Uh, improvement projects across the county. Um, one of them happened in 1941. Um, Fullerton opened its brand new library building um, there, which today is the uh, the Fullerton Museum, uh, which has an excellent exhibit on Leo Fender, uh, who was the the innovative guitar inventor, um, but at the time, 1941, Leo Fender was still tinkering around in his radio sh- supplies uh, repair shop there and uh, working with musicians and fixing the guitars. But you know, hadn't really hit the the big time yet. Um, in other places in Orange County, up in in Buena Park, um, a, a very famous place today, Knott's Berry Farm. Well, Walter Knott and his family uh, were running their berry place. There and and uh, Walter Knott had just f- opened his ghost town attraction that he had built 75 years ago, and you know, he built this little ghost town uh, attraction behind the uh, chicken dinner restaurant that his wife Cordelia ran, and uh, they had these amazingly popular chicken dinners that, that uh, Mrs. Knott would prepare and the Knott family would serve and uh, people would line up and wait for hours to be able to get in and have one of these dinners which during the P- depression was really one of those rare affordable treats. So that was a, a, a successful operation but still very much quaint uh, small town roadside attraction run by the Knott family themselves um in the 40s if you were in santa Ana, maybe if you were a hollywood movie star like lucille ball or jack benny maybe you would have visited daniger's tea room which was located on the second floor of the santora building and uh, today this building still stands fortunately this beautiful spanish colonial revival building there on broadway in santa Ana downtown area is uh, now the center of Santa Ana's revived art district, and it's where they have the the Santa Ana Art Walk uh, once a month there. But uh, in the 40s, it was a place for the Hollywood uh, stars to come down and have a good meal in in what was known as a very beautiful uh, tea room. And down in Laguna Beach in 1941, uh, James Irvine, who uh, owned the Irvine Ranch, he donated some of his land there off Laguna Canyon Road to uh, create an outdoor amphitheater that would become the long home of the pageant of the masters. And uh, they named this new auditorium, which you can still enjoy every summer, as the Irvine Bowl in his honor. So, most notably, this time uh, period in Orange County history, even though the county was not named for its most famous crop, um, Orange County was basically covered in acres and acres of orange trees. And so you get a sense that life, it was a simpler time. uh, It was definitely um, not a big, bustling place by any means. But then, on December 7th, 1941, Everything Changed.
1: Mr. President, Mr. Speaker, members of the Senate, of the House of Representatives, yesterday, December 7, 1941, a date which will live in infamy, the United States of America was suddenly and deliberately attacked by naval and air forces of the Empire of Japan. The United States was at peace with that nation, and at the solicitation of Japan, was still in conversation with its government and its emperor, looking toward the maintenance of peace in the Pacific. Indeed, One hour after Japanese air squadrons had commenced bombing in the American island of Oahu, the Japanese ambassador to the United States and his colleague delivered to our Secretary of State a formal reply to a recent American message. Japan has therefore undertaken a surprise offensive extending throughout the Pacific area. The facts of yesterday and today speak for themselves. No matter how long it may take us to overcome this premeditated invasion, the American people in their righteous might will win through to absolute victory. With confidence in our armed forces, with the unbounding determination of our people, we will gain the inevitable triumph. So help us God.
0: You're listening to Vintage Orange on kuci 88.9 88.9 FM and I am Ellen Bell. Kind of surreal isn't it to hear uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt t- Giving this address, which most people did hear over the radio, and to be if you're driving in your car today or at home, you hear this kind of strange to actually hear it over the radio. We don't hear news like this, fortunately, that way. Um, and so, yes, things changed dramatically on December 7th, 1941. And what we're talking about today is the effects that this had right here at home in Orange County, and so. What happened after the Pearl Harbor attack 75 years ago here? Well, for like most Americans, uh, this surprise attack on Pearl Harbor really plunged Orange County residents into this new sense of fear. Um, What I had told you about before, before, earlier in the show, is that Orange County was really a place where people felt very safe. It was a quiet place. There were only about 130,000 people living here. Um, mostly farm, agricultural operations, and now all of a sudden this idyllic tranquil safe place was now kind of a a a very vulnerable place it was the closest if you figure geographically Orange County in Southern California the West Coast was now the closest to this this surprise attack that it occurred here and this was the next place where people were afraid an attack might occur and so people people locally here started feeling suddenly very vulnerable and everyone around were kind of uh, coming to the aid, doing, volunteering, doing things, altering their behavior to be able to be prepared for this possible attack that could occur here. Um, for instance, civili- civilians would uh, learn the ident- learn to identify warplanes um, by shape and ne- sound and all of this. And, and then they would take turns uh, watching the skies off the coastline for enemy planes that fortunately never did come but they felt this was something that they had to absolutely do to actively um, be on alert for this possible attack they they practiced blackouts they were they were constantly concerned that, that something might happen here possibly an attack either by planes maybe by ships by submarines and they wondered what would happen if an attack like what had happened at pearl harbor could happen here Well, this proximity and the location um, of Orange County on the West Coast um, really became an immediate priority, defending this area. And so what was now the underdeveloped farmland open space of Orange County now became a very logical place to build uh, the places to lead that defense. After Pearl Harbor, uh, the Navy contacted James Irvine, who was the owner of the Irvine Ranch, and they offered, um, they, they were looking to be able to build base on some of his land, and Irvine wanted to uh, help the war effort. Uh, he did not want to sell his land, however, um, especially since the places that they were looking for um, happened to be Uh, some of his most productive agricultural areas the the his main crop that he was growing in fact was one of the largest producers in the world of lima beans and Irvine did not want to give up these prized uh, lima bean growing fields Uh, so he offered to the government to be able to lease the land for for one dollar a year, so they could use it for the war effort, but they they declined his offer and they offered him a hundred thousand dollars for four thousand acres, which they turned eventually into the El Toro Marine Air Base and the Naval Air Station Santa Ana, also known as the uh, Lighter Than Air Base, and so these t- they moved right ahead and and Irvine. Uh, relented, but obviously went ahead with what the government needed to do at the time. And in August 3rd, 1942, construction began at what was later called El Toro. Um, And until the base was built, the Irvine Ranch actually um, did help the effort. They didn't have buildings or any kind of infrastructure there. And so the Irvine Ranch provided housing for some of those earlier people that came to, to build the base. They provided housing in some of their ranch bunk houses and and uh, also gave assistance by giving one of their chuck wagons to feed the troops and so did assist the effort in that way. Um, The runways were open by December 1st, and then the base was actually dedicated on March 17, 1943. Now this had a major effect on Orange County in a couple of ways. Not only did this change the trajectory of the Irvine Ranch um, by taking away one of its major agricultural fields, but it also changed uh, the look of Orange County. this base was set up to become a training base. Basically, it was a, 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 for training pilots and replacement crews so that they could get off into the, the new war effort in the South Pacific. And so provided there was a fighter training unit there, there was a scout bomber training unit there, So El Toro really becomes a very important training facility uh, where people come from all over the country to become pilots ready for flights in the South Pacific. And by actually after the war, it becomes the center for marine aviation on the West Coast. Um, The other portion of James Irvine's land that became a base after World War II was the Santa Ana Naval Air Station and uh, is also known as the LTA or Lighter Than Air Base. Um, today, you know this place as those massive, uh, iconic wooden structures, uh, blimp hangers that you see when you're you're landing at John Wayne Airport or you're driving down Jamboree past the district. You see these massive buildings there, and what that place was is a an air station to house surveillance blimps um, that they were bringing in, and the Navy wanted to have. Um, surveillance for enemy submarines that they were concerned would be along the west coast. And so these two massive wooden structures that are among the largest freestanding structures in the country, um, they're built out of, most of them are built out of Oregon Douglas fir, so just like your Christmas trees, Um, but they would house these Giant blimps that would then patrol the west coast looking for submarines because, as of course, they were afraid of attack at any moment, so uh, they were mostly defensive surveillance purpose, but they also were equipped to be offensive. They had weapons on board as well, so if if that were to happen, they were prepared for any kind of attack. So these two bases, which took uh, some of James Irvine's most prized agricultural land, became very important spots here in Orange County. Um, for the defense. Now, the other one that was created here after Pearl Harbor was the uh, U.S. Army Air Corps Base in Santa Ana, the Santa Ana Army Air Base. And that was really, um, it's kind of a funny story because it was intentionally made to be a, uh, it's an Army Air Base, but there was no planes. There were no planes, there were no runways, there were no hangars. Um, so you wouldn't really realize this would be a place where you would uh, train people for, um, for flying. But what this base was, was a massive induction and basically a basic training center. So this would be the place before they would go on to flight school. They would come in, they would get um, their induction, they would learn their basic training, and then they would go on to flight school somewhere else. But um, this was a really important place place as far as Orange County history because it was large. I mean, there were 177 uh, buildings and structures that they built and completed within about four months, and it was located in Costa Mesa, which is Costa Mesa today. Uh, kind of between Baker and Harbor and Wilson and Newport are the kind of the boundary areas of the base and uh, this is today would be considered in the area of the Orange County Fair um, and then part of the base Um, had been commandeered. The Orange County Airport had been um, used for now, was now going to be used for military purposes during the war. And so um, part of the area where the John Wayne Airport is today, this was all part of this um, Army Air Base uh, that was a major training facility. And so all three of these bases really uh, changed the the future of Orange County because all of the people that came here, tens and thousands of of military personnel came through these bases and most of them were young men coming from all over the country, most of them coming from places where the weather was not quite so lovely as it is here in Orange County and these guys, some of them, it was their first time leaving home and leaving their small towns across the country and they end up in in Southern California in Orange County and they see, hey, you know, this is a pretty lovely place to live. The weather's pretty awesome here. Uh, um, there's, there's room to grow. And, and so after the war, these people who had come through these bases and spent time here during their military service returned when they wanted to start a family and settle down post-World War II. And so many of the people that came here for the first time because of these bases returned and stayed and created the massive post-war population boom that really uh, set Orange County apart and made it a completely different place than what it was before uh, the attack on Pearl Harbor in World War II. It also brought a lot of change in the economy. As I mentioned to you before, uh, Orange County was kind of slow to come out of the Great Depression, and this. This brought thousands and thousands of jobs for uh, people who were living here in the county, that now had uh, abilities to go and work on these bases as civilians, so it definitely changed the economic, as it did, you know, World War II across the country, changed the economic fortunes of America. But it, most predominantly, it, it definitely brought all of a sudden there was a new industry here in in Orange County um, from the agriculture that was before. Now you had this military bases that had built quite a presence. Now, as I mentioned, before World War II, the pre- predominant occupation in Orange County would have been uh, farming or agricultural. And one of the communities that I think was most dramatically uh, affected by. The attack on Pearl Harbor and World War II were the 2,000 uh, Japanese community that was living here in Orange County at the time, and most of them, uh, one little grouping of them in particular, it uh, was a community of farmers that worked on the hills above what is today's Crystal Cove. There, um, in between Newport Beach and Laguna Beach, um, there was an, a, a or community of, of Japanese that lived lived there and they had been leasing the land which belonged to James Irvine. And they had been leasing the land from him since uh, 1927. They had been there and working these leases. Uh, They would would grow things there in the hills. And then they had very popular, successful roadside produce stands that they had there. Um, And they also sold to markets up in Los Angeles. So this was a very uh, flourishing, thriving community of Japanese there. And they they had a Laguna Beach language school that they built for their their children to learn um, the Japanese culture. And so this was happening there. And then, of course, World War II happens. Executive Order uh, 96, which is uh, orders that these residents of Japanese heritage were then going to be moved to internment camps and this included these families from Crystal Cove who were relocated to Boston, Arizona, to the, um, the internment camp there. And so these families, which had been living here and happily, peacefully working here, were now all of a sudden completely uprooted, all of their belongings left behind, and including this school which was commandeered by the military then because it it was on the bluffs there crystal cove overlooking the beach was an excellent spotting station so that they could also be looking for these Uh, enemy attacks that they were afraid of and so that was a little brief history there in in, uh, Crystal Cove but uh, today if you want to go and get a little bit more about this history you can actually still go and see this Japanese school it has been preserved by the Crystal Cove Alliance and it is there at uh, the beach there if you go to visit Crystal Cove um, take a walk up the hill and you can go and visit this school and there's some exhibits in there that tell about the families and their experience what their life was before and post-World War II, and there's a great little map there that shows you where their farms were, where, their, where the buildings were, and I, I heartily recommend you making a trip there if you are ever um, making that drive between Newport and Laguna. But that was definitely a, a major effect of a community that the World War II had an unchangeable, um, irreparable change um, for a community here in Orange County. But I suppose no discussion of the effects of World War II on Orange County history would be complete without including the, the massive influence of the aerospace industry and how that really changed the course of history here. Um, after the world, after World War II, obviously there was a need for uh, military growth, and the aerospace industry really uh, took took flight <laughs> at that period in time. And a lot of the major uh, suppliers and, and builders were up in the Los Angeles area. You had uh, McDonnell Douglas, you had Lockheed, and um, they were bringing tens of thousands of of jobs to southern california in general and so orange county was just the natural place for this uh evolution to happen it was uh it it provided open space a better tax rate And, of course, there was space for all of these workers, uh, the new aerospace jobs, uh, that they could come and bring their families. And, you know, when you have jobs and workers, they bring with them families who need schools who need places to shop, restaurants, amenities, all of these things. And so you have, in this period of time post-war, all of these new communities in Orange County incorporating that were not there before. And you start to see the change of Orange County from being agricultural to being very residentially developed. And you have this kind of wave of urban Development or sprawl, that you might say, coming down from Los Angeles, and a lot of this uh, ground zero for a lot of this aerospace industry was in Huntington Beach, which you could see at this time. You're getting just all of these new neighborhoods and developments and people that are just almost springing up overnight of these new jobs creating need for new communities and rapid, rapid growth that's happening at that time. And in the, it, at the in the 50s, you still have areas like the Irvine. Rain that are open, um, agricultural, and, and south is still pretty much that way. But that won't last for all, long because these massive land holdings just could not withstand the pressure of that massive population growth that was happening post-World War II. And so eventually you have the master plan communities of Irvine, you have Mission Viejo, and then eventually Orange County starts to look a lot like what we see today, which is this developed uh, urbanized area, and it becomes very, very different than where it was before December 7th, 1941, when you had open, agricultural, simple, peaceful life here, and today it's a much, much busier place. And so so what does this all mean? Why am I talking about this? Well, basically, I, I just thought it was interesting not only to to Make take time out to actually think about the changes that occurred here during that historic time that happened 75 years ago today. But I think it's important to understand that a lot of us feel like we are currently living in a very dramatic period of history in our country and a time of unprecedented change uh, where we feel like we are in uncharted territory. And I think it kind of gives value to take time out and think back 75 years ago to a time when people had A a very, very true sense of a dramatic period of history where they were facing unprecedented change and were going into uncharted territory. And I think it just gives us perspective to understand that change and turmoil are part of the American story and it's happened before, it's happening now, it will happen again. And I think this gives us a little bit of perspective and appreciation, frankly, for uh, the things that people have gone through right here where we live today. Today and how things that happened seventy-five years ago very dramatically affect the type of life that we live today. And so, thank you very much. I appreciate you, as always, tuning in to Vintage Orange here on KUCI eighty-eight point nine FM. And I look forward to continuing the continuing the discussion with you next week, Wednesday. You can always check out uh, former podcasts of this show on my website, which is Vintage Orange at KUCI, and um, you can subscribe to the podcast. I'm up on iTunes, so you can search for it there and uh, be able to listen each week. So thank you for your support, and I will see you next week.